Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Dodgers Nation, Doug McCain here. Friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. It is a special day at Dodgers Nation because today we are joined by USA Today MLB insider, Mr. Bob Nightingale. You can follow him at B Nightingale over on the X. Bob, we have so much to get into, like we were talking about before the show. Here in Dodgerland, we are on pins and needles. This is the offseason of Otani. We're awaiting this decision. We're looking at trades for pitchers, free agent pitchers. But thank you so much for joining us today, Bob. Yeah, just to follow up on Toronto, that feels like it's the buzz this week. The Blue Jays, you're seeing some of the betting lines, some of the insiders kind of making a case for the draw of Toronto. But how big of a fact do you think they are going to be? What do you think the draw is for Otani and the Blue Jays? Well, just the fact it's a controlled environment. You got a, uh, you know, retractable roof there, like every game. Uh, you're in the AL East, you know, so you get to play those big markets as well. Um, but hey, it's a long way away, you know, from uh, Japan. There are 3,000 miles away to get there. Uh, he's very comfortable in, in LA. So, you know, I think the Dodgers are still the favorites. I don't rule out the Angels like a lot of people. I still think they're in there because he uh, likes that comfort level. Uh, people don't want to hit in San Francisco. That's why they couldn't sign, you know, Judge or Harper or, you know, uh, these guys, Stanton. Uh, so I don't see – they may offer the most, but I don't think they're the most serious uh, contender. Chicago's always been that dark horse in there. They got minus spin. But, you know, if it returns to pitching, you know, do you really want to wait out those, you know, rain delays they have and, and rain outs you have in the Midwest? Yeah, exactly. I think weather is a factor. He's someone loves the West Coast, loves Southern California. We know he wants to get back to being an elite starter. Now, if you told us last year he was going to be in blue, we all would think it was Dodger blue. It feels like the Cubs, the Blue Jays. But you mentioned the Angels. Not a lot of buzz about the Angels, but tell me about them still being in the mix. Do you think they still internally feel like they have a good shot of bringing back to Anaheim? Yeah, they certainly still believe they have a shot. You know, if they didn't, they would have traded him at the deadline. Uh, if he had ever given any kind of reason, like, okay, I'm not coming back here, they would have moved him. Uh, so that's why they kept him. Uh, he's very comfortable living there. Easy place to play. Yeah, he wishes they, you know, one more, uh, that sort of thing. So we'll see. That's why the Dodgers would be the you know next best thing to him, where you're still going to have the, pretty much the same media market, uh, you know, same reporters around, you know, that sort of thing. And pretty much, you know, the same doctors in L.A. Yeah, and one thing I want to ask you, Bob, is, look, you've been doing this for a long, long time. You've covered a lot of marquee free agents, right? Sometimes we hear leaks along the way. There's been a lot of talk about Otani's camp keeping things so close to the vest, and they want to prevent leaks. And all your time doing this, is this one of the hardest free agencies as far as a marquee sign that's tough to get information just because of how tight-lipped his camp is?
in a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, uh, particularly in the sense where, you know, usually you're trying, an agent's trying to get more people interested. In his case, he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. Uh, he's already got, you know, five, six teams, you know, willing to offer over, you know, $450 million. So a lot of cases, it's like you're trying to drum up interest. In this case, you don't have to. And he's a private guy. You know, he, uh, you know, he doesn't go out at night, doesn't uh, go out to, you know, fancy restaurants and stuff. He's almost, you know, completely different from Yamamoto who really likes that lifestyle, likes the uh, spotlight. So two different, completely different personalities. Yeah, just talking about his contract, I think the interesting thing is he did get injured, right? There are some doubts about his future as a pitcher. Can he regain his elite ace-level status? Will he be a closer or reliever one day? Will he be moved to the outfield? When you look at his contract, do you think we're going to be looking at something where it's $500 million with opt-outs every couple of seasons? Do you think he could possibly sign a short-term deal with the team? Like you mentioned, from a leverage standpoint, there's going to be multiple big teams out there willing to give him tons and tons of money and meet his contract demands. But what kind of contract do you think we're looking at with Otani at the moment, Bob? Well, certainly a long-term contract. There's no reason for it's just way too big of a risk. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it might be an opt-out in there. But I, I think there are lots of incentives in there for pitching-wise. Remember now, he had Tommy John surgery the first time five years ago, and he wasn't just out one year. He was out almost two years. In this case, he's still going to be DHing. So, you know, it's, it's a uh, tougher to rehab when you're still playing every day, you know, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I don't think you can just count on him being back opening day 2025, you know, maybe longer than that. And, uh, you know, like you said, we'll see how, how good he is when he does come back. So I think the contract will be loaded with pitching incentives. Yeah, got the pitching incentives. You look at this Dodgers organization. They have a long history of getting pitchers back from multiple Tommy Johns. Walker Buehler coming back from a second major elbow surgery. Dustin May, there's plenty of examples. What do you think, though, right now are the biggest factors for Otani? Is number one winning? I think financially he's going to get his money no matter what. But is it winning? Is it comfort? Is it location? Combination of those three. What do you think is the biggest factor as to his next team? I think more of a uh, combination for sure. And I think comfort level might be number one. Uh, who's going to uh, give him some autonomy there and, you know, and do what he wants. He pretty much called a shot with, with the angels. When he wanted to pitch, you let them know. Uh, if his arm was tired, he'd say, I'm skipping the start. So he was on his own program. He knows his body better than anybody else. So someone's going to have to do that too. And uh, you know, remember now, he has to talk to the, uh, you know, at least the Orange County and Angels media since uh, August 9th, you know, that wouldn't fly in a lot of places. Certainly wouldn't fly in New York. So, you know, that sort of thing is, is a factor too. And yeah, he definitely wants to be uh, on a competitive team. Uh, he loved pitching WBC and being that big, uh, big stage like he was. Yeah. And when you look at Otani, last question, does your gut tell you it's the Dodgers? If so, why do you think they're the team that ends up signing him? Does your gut say he's going to be in LA if you had to pick one, is that your team right now? The Dodgers for Otani? In a roaring stadium. Their silence is deafening. 
136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Yeah, I still go with them as a favorite. You know, they've been the favorite. There's other teams, you know, right there. Uh, you know, but certainly the, Dod- the Dodgers love having the brand. They want to become Japan's team. They know hey, you can get all kinds of people coming over excursions or everything else. And uh, you're going to sell tons of advertising. He is a revenue producer. You're going to get at least $20 million just on licensing and merchandising from him. But if you're the Dodgers, it's hard to, you know, he's, he can't pitch, you know, not yet. So you still need some more help besides him. Yeah, I know you're going to make a lot of Dodger fans very happy with that answer. Just to follow up on that, you talk about the marketing opportunities. You mentioned $20 million. Is this a player you can almost look at as an investment for an organization in the sense that, yeah, you're giving me a lot of money, but it's not like some of these other free agents that we've seen in the past where you're paying for those premium years up front. You know you're going to get the decline on the end, but they're not selling crazy sponsorship rights. They're not selling as many jerseys. Last year, Otani, $40 million he took home as an endorser, right? The second most was Bryce Harper around $7 million. How big of a fact do you think that is for teams knowing that he's going to put butts in the seats? He's going to have eyeballs on TV screens. How big of a factor is it that he's more of an investment at this point? No, I think it's a huge factor. So if a team's paying him $50 million a year, really you're only paying him about $30 million a year. Uh, you know, not He didn't make a big difference at the gate for Angel fans, but certainly for licensing and everything else, you saw the... Uh, Everything covered with the, uh, the Japanese advertisements, with the uh, by the dugout seats, that sort of thing. Obviously, everybody's wearing uh, Otani jerseys. So, particularly going to a new club, I mean, you're going to sell a ton of merchandise uh, that first year. It was a long-term contract. You know, you're going to sell merchandise for a long time. So that's a huge factor in just you know what he means. All of a sudden now, you know, the Dodgers, whoever can sell all kinds of things to Japan. Uh, that's such a baseball craze uh, country. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that country, speaking of players from that country, you mentioned them a few minutes ago, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. The Dodgers are trying to rebuild their rotation. There was a report a couple weeks ago. They offered Aaron Nola a six-year, $165 million deal. When you look at Yamamoto's market right now, do you think that he signs a contract eight or nine years because he is just 25 years old and you're getting him at his prime, really, where he has a lot of years left? Yeah, I think it'll certainly pass $200 million. I think he'll be the uh, the highest you know, free agent pitcher out, out there. I think he'll uh, beat Blake Snell. But, yeah, everybody wants this guy. He loves the limelight. I think it's down to the Dodgers, Yankees, and Mets. I have a hard time believing it'll be anybody else. I like it. So you got one West Coast team to the New York heavyweights right there. And, yeah, you mentioned that everyone needs pitching, right? You look at – there's not too many teams really in true rebuilds right now, right? And a lot of the big market teams, you need starting pitching. What are you hearing right now as far as the Dodgers and that starting pitching market? Names like Yamamoto, you got Blake Snell out there. Are they zeroing in on a Yamamoto? Do you think there is a possibility you could sign a Otani and a Yamamoto? Just think about the kind of money that would take. Is it possible? Sure, it's possible, particularly the fact that, you know, Otani's not pitching. I mean, you need 
they need at least two starting pitchers. You know, some executives say they could see the Dodgers getting Otani, Yamamoto, entering for Dylan Cease. They certainly have the prospects to get a Dylan Cease, uh, Tyler Glass now, someone like that. But the beauty was with uh, Cease is you got him for two years. So they're still very much into the uh, C-sweep stakes. So Otani, you know, solves the DH problem and everything else. But you need at least two more pitchers. Yeah, and you look at this trade market, too. I mean, this feels like there's a little more momentum, a little more smoke, a little more active earlier than it was last year. Do you think we're at a point where teams are saying, okay, can we trade for that starter first, whether it be a Dylan Cease, a Corbin Burns, a Glasnow, and then if we strike out, then we hit the free agency market? Like, what's the correlation there between the premium starting pitchers available via trade and how that will impact the free agent pitchers that are available as well? Well, I think so far it's been, you know, trying to grab the free agent guys first. Uh, you know, you saw St. Louis do it with the uh, Sun and Gray. Obviously, uh, Aaron Nola going back to Philadelphia. You know, Land is involved in everything. So I, I think at least then you don't have to give up prospects to get it done, yeah. just, you know, sheer money. So I, I think some teams are saying, let's, if we're going to go after one of the big boys, let's stick with the big boys. If you can't afford a Yamamoto or a Blake Snell, then go ahead and hit the trade market. Yeah, and you've heard these teams out there, the White Sox, the Brewers, teams that have a lot of talent that are open for business. What do you hear right now as far as Dylan Cease? Is it a Braves-Dodgers battle for Cease? Yeah, I think uh, Braves, Dodgers, uh, Cardinals are involved. And the team that's got all the players are rolled the Baltimore Orioles. So, and they need a front-line starter. So, I certainly wouldn't rule out the uh, Orioles. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to get a, a ton of great offers for him. Uh, the Dodgers have been talking to him about, to them for a few weeks now, but haven't come close to, uh, you know, bridge, bridging the gap as far as prospect capital. Yeah. And do you think a deal is imminent for C? you think we'll see it winter meetings after sometime this weekend? I mean, we've, there's certain been some reports about the Braves closing on him. And when do you expect to see a deal for Dylan Cease? I still think we're at least a week or two away on, on Cease. I think people may want to see, but Yamamoto, if they can't get Yamamoto, then all those teams will be rushing toward Chicago and saying, okay, we really need Dylan Cease now. So if you're the White Sox, you're smart to kind of sit back and wait for the people that uh, lose out on Otani and Yamamoto and say, okay, we got the, we got the top guy now. And then where are the Brewers at as far as listening to offers for Corbin Burns? It doesn't feel like we were seeing as many rumors with the Brewers and Burns. Of course, he's a Cy Young winner. He's under one more year team control. Where's his market at? Which teams do you think are involved in pursuing him in a trade? Yeah, the teams I've talked to Brewers uh, can't get a full read as far as what they want to do. They can always hold on to him and trade till a trade deadline, move him then. He's on the last year of his contract. Uh, it might be tough to say, okay, moving Burns and giving up on the season. Uh, they're a lost Craig Council, their manager. I don't think they're ready to wave the white flag. I think the fans I would be uh, too upset. So my gut tells me he's going to stay around for a while. Interesting. So you don't anticipate it's a guarantee that it'll be a trade before the season begins? No, I think they'll just keep examining and stuff and see, you know, if they do trade him, you know, can you get the uh, the right guys back in return and fill up spots in rotation? But, you know, they're up without Brandon Witteruff. They only pitched 60 innings last year. So, uh, you know, if you bring him back, you still got a chance to win that division again. Uh, you know, there's still been the one that division or been the playoffs five last six years. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's a team that finds a way to be competitive. But we're joined by Bob Nightingale here on Dodgers Dugout Live. Of course, the MLB Insider USA Today's Bob Nightingale. A couple more here, Bob, and then we'll get you out of here. So a couple days ago, there were some rumors that maybe the Tampa Bay Rays would be willing to trade Randy Arozarena. There's been talk that they possibly move a Tyler Glasnow. How likely do you think that is? Do you think they will be listing offers for Arozarena? How realistic is that possibility? Yeah, but I think these, you know, a lot of GMs listen to everybody, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's even like, you know, Houston Astros are listening to Bregman. They're not going to trade Bregman, but they, you know, they listen. Uh, I don't think Rosarina will be removed unless they just get overwhelmed. I think now definitely will. They need to cut payroll. They want his $25 million uh, salary off the books. And you're not, you're not getting a whole lot for him. He's been a very injury prone. Only one year left in that contract. And $25 million is a lot of money. So I think only a few teams would be involved in that one. Only a few teams. Then are we hearing anything about the Dodgers and Blake Snell potentially? What is his market like at the moment? Yeah, I would think they, uh, they know him very well. Uh, so I think they want to, they're not going to pay him $200 million, I don't think, but they'll, they'll come in, I'm sure, you know, make some type of offer. Uh, you know, he's never pitched in a big market, but, you know, LA is just up the coast. He's used to the division. So I don't think it would be a big uh, factor for him. Like I think with the Philadelphia Phillies kind of backed off, not sure if he could handle Philadelphia or the East coast. Interesting. Yeah. That's another big whale that's available. Now, just to wrap this up, Bob, I just want to get your opinion. When you look at the Dodgers this off season, coming off a NLDS loss last couple of years, they won 211 games, just one postseason win to show for it last year. They weren't very aggressive. A lot of one year deals. A lot of people saying that they were, gearing towards this is an angling for a Shohei Otani. Do you think it's a situation where the Dodgers, they're going to get guys, whether it be a Yamamoto, an Otani, whether it be going out there getting a Caesar Burns via the trade market. Do you think there's basically no world where they don't end up swinging big, whether it be through free agency or via the trade market? It's just a plan A, B, and C or D. Do you think it's a guarantee they're going to go big this offseason, Bob? No, I think it's a guarantee. I think they've been waiting for this winter. That's why they didn't go big last year. Uh, waiting for this moment. Uh, I'd be shocked if you don't get either Otani, Yamamoto, or Cease, if not if not two of the three. Uh, they're gearing for this offseason. They want to excite the fans, too. You know, look, they need pitching, and they can't go into the season with that pitching uh, staff and expect to get to the World Series. Uh, you know, last year, they, you know, just the injuries hit them at the wrong time. It's really a miracle they won the division by, by so much with all the uh, pitching injuries. I thought, you know, you could argue that was Dave Roberts' best job yet, uh, running away with that vision like they did. But I think seriously, they have to get at least two frontline starters and, you know, why waiting for these guys to come back from injuries. And, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Are you also, too, about Cody Bellinger? Anything on Cody Bellinger? We've heard Giants, possibly the Blue Jays, of course, a lot of Dodgers fans. Some of them want Cody Bellinger back. Anything about Cody Bellinger? You know, you hear the Yankees the most. Uh, you know, you hear uh, San Francisco, too. And that's about it. Could, could go with the Cubs. It seems like the Cubs seem to be turning their attention elsewhere. The price tag is very, very high right now. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees are more desperate than uh, most teams. So I think he ends up in New York.
ends up in pinstripes where his dad played. Well, Bob, we appreciate you so much. We know you're a very busy guy this time of year. We appreciate the expertise, the insight, the national treasure that is Mr. Bob Nightingale. You can follow him on the X at B Nightingale. I know you're ready to go to Tennessee for the winter meeting, so we'll check in with you there. But thank you so much for joining us here on Dodgers Dugout Live. We really appreciate it, Bob. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you. Hi, Daisy, Bob. Of course, not too big of a surprise, right? Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. That's really been the play for a long period of time now. Everyone has L.A. as the favorites, but it does feel like the Blue Jays are increasingly becoming a threat. I spoke to a source from Toronto yesterday. He told me that inside that building, they feel like Toronto still has a legitimate chance to sign him. They also said, though, that Toronto fears that the Dodgers are still the favorite. So you also had Buster Olney was on this show a few months ago, and he said that he feels like Shohei Otani has known where he's going to sign for a long, long time now. And that doesn't surprise me one bit. Shohei Otani is someone who made a list of goals when he was a teenager. They were extremely specific. One of them being that he wanted to win a World Series by the time he was 26. Also has a goal that he wants to throw a no-hitter in his last game at the age of 40. So this is someone who's very regimented. This is someone who knows what he wants to do. He's very routine-oriented. So I wouldn't be shocked, and I think for him, you have to go through the process. You have to meet with other teams. I'm not saying it's a guarantee he signs with the Dodgers. It does make the most sense. I like what Bob pointed out, and I was actually talking about that before the show today, is that if you do go to Chicago, where reportedly Otani's not a big fan of cold weather, right? It'd be a spectacle. Otani would own Wrigley. Wrigley Field would be electric with Shohei. But on the same token, when he gets back on the mound, rain delays, cold weather, he's trying to get back from his second Tommy John surgery. Does it make the most sense from a pitching standpoint? I'm not so sure that it does. You look at Toronto, like Bob pointed out, far from Japan. It is a controlled environment. Has an OPS of over 1,000 there. It is an international city. Maybe he's a big fan of Drake. I'm not so sure. But still, you can see the attraction there. But if we're being completely honest, it's a very difficult division. You got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox, you got the Orioles, a very competitive division. If he wants to guarantee himself the postseason, the team that gives him the best chance to do that is the Dodgers. Do the Blue Jays have the rotation? Do they have the pitching to guarantee a postseason run? I'm not so sure the answer is yes. Maybe if Otani was going to pitch next season, it would make a little more sense, but you have a Dodgers team that's committed to not just signing him, but going out there and possibly signing a Yamamoto, like Bob talked about. Going out there and trading for a Dylan Cease, which I think, and I've heard, he probably ends up with the Atlanta Braves, which is fine. Glasnow is another very interesting name. You package it with Randy Rosarena as a potential blockbuster deal. I think Glasnow on himself, individually, is probably more likely, right? But still, they're going to have a lot of opportunities, and that's because they have the prospect capital and that unmatched resource that is how much they're willing to spend, and they can go out there and make some big moves. But I want to take your comments, guys, and hear your thoughts on Mr. Bob Nightingale. We really, really appreciate it, man. I love Bob Nightingale, man. Bob Nightingale has been in the game for such a long time. 
He's been great for baseball. One of the best insiders in the game. Of course, you got the Mount Rushmore. You got the Ken Rosenthal's. You got the Jeff Passins. But we all love us some Mr. Bob. Okay, which was it? Okay, so apparently Bob's first question did get cut out, and I will tell you it was about when is the timeline for Otani? When can we expect him to sign? And what Bob Nightingale said was you're probably looking at after the winter meetings, probably very very quickly after the winter meetings, maybe on Thursday, maybe Friday. So it does feel like within the next couple of weeks, we will get some news on Otani. Feels like he's not going to hold up the market for too much longer. And look, that's what we need to know. We are across the 50-yard line, right? We are across the 50-yard line. We are in the red zone for Otani to decide who's going to be his next team. Who is the most coveted free agent in baseball history going to sign with? That is what we're at the precipice of, right? That is what is upon us. This is a big, big deal, right? So we got, we got uh, good for Yankees. We got smash the like, but what up, Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother of the Dodgers nation YouTube channel. Appreciate you burns and Adamas in the package deal to get that's from Versace vibes. Look, I mean, the interesting thing that he pointed out was that look, the brewers feel like right now, the Brewers feel like they're a lot, a lot less aggressive to parting ways with Corbin Burns than the White Sox do with Dylan Cease. It feels like, it feels like the White Sox are actively shopping Dylan Cease to the point where they want to get a deal done very quickly here. Whereas the Brewers, I mean, look, let's be honest here. Corbin Burns is the best pitcher in Milwaukee Brewers franchise history, right? That's a Brewers team. Yes, you did lose Craig Council, but you still have talent. They always find a way to compete. It's a very weak division, the Central. So it's possible that they could still hover around 500, make a run, and make the postseason, and anything can happen, right? You still got Peralta. You still got Williams. You still have a lot of pitching talent on the Brew Crew. Will they do a deal with the Blue Crew? That's the big question. I think that Corbin Burns is someone that you got on a one-year deal, one more year of team control. He is an absolute ace. He's someone that if everything breaks right, maybe Rodgers. But I think that that definitely put a little cold water on the Corbin Burns dream as of right now. And a lot can change. This is what can change. The Dodgers don't get Yamamoto, right? Don't get Snell. Don't get Montgomery. And what do they do? Well, they say, okay, we're going to be a little more aggressive with the trade packages we're willing to offer teams because one, you have to get some guys off that 40 man roster. We broke down those names yesterday and you just have to clear space because they're going to sign some more free agents, right? They're going to add some more pieces. This is a win now team. So it's just a part of the process. I mean, there's plan A, there's plan B, there's plan C and there's plan D. And I guarantee you the Dodgers have explored each of them very thoroughly but let's take some more comments guys let me know down below what you think about guy mr bob nightingale rocking with us we appreciate that dmag i have a crazy idea what if we trade for eloy de la cruz ellie de la cruz you said eloy de la cruz we got i know it will never happen but think about all the prospects they were talking about giving up for trout if that i think about it, like ellie is not a guarantee at this point ellie has a lot of potential he was the talk of town. I mean, you saw how many bases he stole. He was electric on the base pass. There's no doubt about that. At the end of the day, though, he finished as a below average bat. He had an 89 OPS plus. He ended up with 
a batting average of 235, had an on base of 300 and a slug of 410. The potential is absolutely there. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He does have the potential to be a generational player. He's 21 years of age. If I'm Cincinnati, I mean, you're talking what Bobby Miller possibly. I mean, I mean, that's who would you want to deal like that? I mean, if you're Cincinnati and you're truly going to move him, there's no possible. There's no guarantees that's going to happen. So I highly doubt that is going to be the case. And even if that were, that's a massive, massive risk to bring on a player that's still young to plug into a win now team that has Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts in their absolute primes right now. So that move just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Love to have him. He's electric, though. What's up, Doug? Huge fan. Love your channel. Thanks, Marlon. Appreciate you over on YouTube. We got Nando. Nando. Willing to give up my wife for Otani. That is the Dodgers Nation bruh of the day. <laughs> but you keep doing you, Nando. I love it, man. We got 499 from J. Underscore 11. They need to assemble the Avengers. We go we're good. They were good. They need to uh they need to assemble the Avengers and grab Arenado, Lindor, Otani, and Yoshinobu. Yeah, I mean, hey man, I love fantasy baseball too. You're playing some fantasy baseball out there. I love these of fantasy baseball. Look, they were interested in Lindor before they got Mookie Betts. That felt like the guy that they were going to trade for before there was a trade turner, right? That looked like it was going to be the heir apparent to Corey Seager, but that's not going to happen. Arenado, I think, is the interesting one. I think Arenado feels like an in-season trade if the Cardinals play poorly and they just sink. I mean, they just signed Sonny Gray, though. I mean, they just added pitching. The Cardinals could get Dylan Cease. The Cardinals are trying to win now, and they look at Arenado as a foundational piece. I would put it at less than 10%, probably 5% that the Cardinals are looking to trade Arenado at the moment. We got... Uh, Abs track who says DMAC. Do you feel like Yamamoto is waiting to see what Otani does? I definitely think that there's a couple ways you can look at it because Otani is not pitching in 2024. Like Bob Nightingale pointed out, it could be longer than 2025. It could be into 2025. And even then we don't know how he's going to perform when he's back on the mound. It's an uncertainty. It's a big question. That big question could turn to a big exclamation point. If he looks anything like he did this season, but the bottom line is he's not pitching. So I think that there's a little bit of that. I think you'll probably see those decisions come down really close to each other, whether it be Otani first and then a day, a day or two after you see a deal for Yamamoto. Bob Nightingale said the three teams for Yamamoto are Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers. In my opinion, pure speculation is that if the Dodgers get Otani, the Giants... They need starting pitching in a big way. They need a start in a big way. Maybe they just outbid everyone for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I could definitely see that as a possibility. And then you got the New York heavyweights in on him as well. There was talk that Kodai Senga went to the Mets brass and said, give me Yamamoto and that he wanted to play with him and be in that same rotation with him. So I definitely think they're going to be close. I don't think that Yamamoto is necessarily waiting per se. It just feels like the whole industry as a whole is kind of waiting for that big domino. But I, I, I would predict that first you get the Otani decision and then the Yamamoto decision. We got Roy Estrada, Nando 399. Keep your wife Otani to Dodgers teacher. Okay. You guys are getting crazy here. I'd rather have Burns. That's what Diane Schroeder. I'd rather have Burns too. I mean, you guys know how I felt about Corbin Burns. I've been talking about him for literally two years, probably longer than that, right? It was Burns. It was Castillo. It never felt like it was a realistic possibility, but I do like the fact that 
you're getting a guy who has a more proven track record. Dylan sees upsides there. There's no doubt about it. But look, right now, the reality is you might have to focus more on these free agents because the free agents is more of a guaranteed thing, right? It's about the money. You don't have to give the prospects. The Dodgers, they're going to part ways with some of these prospects in the trade market for sure. But I think you might need both. I think you might need to go out and get a starter via free agency and via the trade market. And that's what been the plan the whole time, right? We said that the day after the Dodgers got eliminated on this show. Doug, DMAG, remember 2024 was lined up to be our year. We had to be patient and trust our boy, Andy. Absolutely, Doug Slayton. I mean, for sure. I mean, that is what MLB offseason is like. It's not the NFL. It's not basketball. It's not going to happen in the course of an hour, right? I mean, this is a process. You got a lot of moving parts and all of this. And yeah, just got to be patient. Just because you're not seeing any deals, just because you're not seeing any news on anything, that does not mean that Andrew Friedman isn't cooking. No, he's got stuff in the cooking, man. He's building a roast, right? It takes a while. He's something's something's in the oven right now. It just hasn't been pulled out, right? I mean, he's definitely cooking at the moment. That's how this stuff works. You don't just wake up one day and decide, oh, today I want to make a trade. Today I want to make a signing. Give me his agent. Give me the GM. Let's do it today. No, this is a daily process where they're probably working around the clock trying to do everything they can to maximize their value and negotiate and get the players that they think can help this team win the World Series next season. So I always kind of laugh when I see these the memes, do something, do something, Dodgers. They're doing something. What do I always say? Andrew Friedman only speaks when it's time to yell checkmate, right? You get the Otani news, that's checkmate. You get Yoshinobu, checkmate. Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, just stay patient. I know it's tough. I know you're checking your phone every five minutes, but look, that's just baseball for you. I think it makes it more compelling if you want my honest opinion. Uh, trade, Tony Gonson. I don't wouldn't want to do that because I think, I mean, his, his value is at a low right now, man. I don't think that that would really do anything to move the needle as far as the players you'd get in return. Antonio, what's up, DMAC? Where do you see Miguel Vargas getting traded to if he does? Thank you, dog. What up, Antonio? Thanks for rocking us over on YouTube. Look, I mean, I'm not so sure it's a guarantee he's going to get traded. I mean, Brandon Gomes at the GM's meetings talked about the possibility of Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas playing some corner outfield, playing in the outfield next season. I think there could be a lot of change after that comment, right? There's no guarantee they'll both be on the roster. I think if you could keep a Miguel Vargas, he is the younger prospect that does have a higher ceiling. I mean, for as much as people want to clown Miguel Vargas, well, and Miguel Vargas is someone who at least has had some success for certain stretches. I mean, a four-hit game, and he had seven home runs this year, seven home runs, and he had seven home runs, four triples, and 15 doubles this year. He had 81 OPS plus. So it was 19% below league average. He hit 195, had a 672 OPS. Did get 304 plate appearances to prove himself. But the reality is, I mean, Mike Miguel Vargas at a younger age has shown more than Michael Bush has at this level. And is that because of opportunity? It's possible, but we still have to see it with Michael Bush. Can Michael Bush perform at this level? Can he be that bat that we all hoped he could be? I definitely think it's in there somewhere, but he definitely needs an opportunity. I almost feel like Michael Bush needs to be with another franchise maybe that doesn't have World Series aspirations so he can truly get the run he needs to assimilate to the big league level. Because don't forget, 
the pitching drop-off from AAA to the show is as wide as it's basically ever been, okay? Miley level, you're playing Madden on rookie mode against your little brother, right? The show, it's all Madden against world-class players, okay? A massive, massive drop-off. You look at Michael Bush last year, 81 plate appearances, 27 games, two home runs, three doubles, hit 167. So there's a world where both of them are gone. I do think when you consider his youth, Miguel Vargas, the fact that last year in the offseason, they were marketing him. I remember going to the holiday party. He was the only Dodger in attendance. You look at FanFest. They had him front and center in the camera. Don't tell me that stuff doesn't mean anything because the Dodgers, they only market their players that they feel like could have an impact for them in the future. That definitely means something. So we got Depends. We got to bring back Casey Blake. Hepatitis, see you later. Bruh. We got Nando 390. I think it's coming down to Angels and Dodgers. Nando 390, the more you say that, I think the more it really resonates with me because the West Coast is somewhere he's so comfortable. He has roots here. He's lived here for quite some time. The, the proximity to Japan, I just wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think the Angels, it would be the most anticlimactic ending, right, to this Otani free agency if he goes back to the Angels. That'd be like the last season of Game of Thrones disappointment level, right, if he goes back to the Angels. But you make a good point. He's comfortable there. They're willing to cater to his needs catered to everything he wants as far as the media attention. I remember being in the press room for his start and Otani came out and he said, I don't want to sit literally three angels employees got out there, got a step and repeat, pulled it behind him and said, Oh, we're doing the interview. Now he gets whatever he wants. Speak for five minutes. Boom. Take a couple of questions. That's it. He only talks to the media during days when he pitches. What happens next year? He's not going to pitch. So he's never going to talk to the media. Angels would be fine with that, right? I'm not so sure the Dodgers would. The Blue Jays would, right? They want to market their new shiny toy and their superstar. So it's something to consider. I mean, there's something about comfort, right? There's something about loyalty. I mean, do I think it's a good decision for him? No. I don't trust that organization to win now, which he absolutely needs. So would it make a ton of sense for a guy that's hell-bent on winning the World Series? But we got Casey. Bob likes to jump the gun to be the first report nonsense. Look, hey, man, you throw enough predictions out there, you're going to be wrong, okay? It's just the reality. I'm not 100% right. No one's 100% right. Bob Nightingale kind of gets a bad rap saying, okay, what he says, the opposite happens. Look, he was on the money with the Aaron Nolan news, right? He's been on the money in the past. I think at the end of the day, you get a lot of the rumors leading up to stuff, the John Morosi types, and then at the end, it becomes a Jeff Passon bomb, right? So that's really the trend of Major League Baseball. Hey, yo, what up, DMAC? What up, Austin Lime? Rock with us over on YouTube. We got BC. Why not all of them? Otani sees Burns, Yamamoto, and a couple contact hitters. Hey, let's go crazy. YOLO. Let's win a ship, right? Let's get another ring. Let's get parades over prospects. Why not? I don't think it's going to happen, but here we go. We got BC. Ben Verlander did a video about Otani going to Texas. He's so desperate for us not to get him. Yeah, I mean, look, based on the reports, whether you want to believe them or not, the buzz for the Rangers has died down over the last couple of weeks. There was a Twitter reporter, I don't know if it's a hashtag trust me bro situation that was trying to make the case that the Rangers had notified Otani that they're out of it. I'm not so sure that's the case, but Rangers controlled environment. Texas win now team. 
I think the Rangers make more sense than the Blue Jays. I think the Rangers make more sense than the Cubs. If I'm Otani, if I'm Otani, I'd be picking between the Dodgers or the Rangers, maybe the Angels, if that's where the home is, where the heart is type factor. You just want to be loyal. But yeah, I agree with that 100%. We got trust the process. That's from Kersey over on Facebook. Craig Osterberg, this is kind of spicy. Craig Osterberg, if Otani goes to the Angels, he is a loser. <laughs> wow, Craig, just roasting him on. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would not call him a loser. All these guys, these guys are all winners, man. These guys that made it to the show, the worst player in Major League Baseball. There's like 720 of these guys in like a seven, eight billion person planet that made it this level. These guys are all winners on varying degrees, but uh, I wouldn't say it. Is October coming back? Nano 390. It doesn't feel like he is. Sign DH. Sign Doug for DH. Yeah, uh, D- Daniel Daniel Macy. I'm not so sure. I mean, maybe to bunt. Maybe I could lean into one for sure. Uh, Rick, DMAC, it would be cool if the Dodgers did a behind-the-scenes show of what's going on in the front office while they're cooking, kind of like we see in the movie Moneyball. That would be cool. Rick, that would be really cool. I mean, you could... You know, here's the thing, though. I mean, those camera. I was thinking about something similar to this the other day where we really never see anything. There's really no inside information. There's no access. Because you got to think about it this way. If you're letting a cameraman anywhere near where decisions are being made, that cameraman could go bet on this stuff. I mean, you can bet on where Otani's going to go. If the a cameraman here is Andrew Freeman or anyone in that dark and cloudy room at Dodgers Stadium where the decision makers are saying very, very precious information as it's related to these players, they can take that information and monetize it. You can take the information, sell it to journalists sell it to insiders sell it to betting i mean so like it would open up a big can of worms is kind of my point i doubt we'll ever see anything like that would be kind of cool though i absolutely agree but uh we got otani is going back to the angels from lito rube we got snell will go to seattle his home state boris client that's from craig we got uh doug B, big hating on michael bush. i'm not hating on michael bush johnny i'm not i'm just saying if you're comparing miguel vargas and michael bush i think michael bush has the potential to be a number two hitter in a major league baseball team. He has a very, very unique hit tool. He sees close to four pitches per at bat. He can rig. He can slug. It's just the opportunity hasn't been there. And this Dodgers organization, they'll tell you how they feel about a particular prospect by the opportunities that they give them, whether it be giving Miguel Miguel Vargas the runway last year at second base, whether it be having Miguel Vargas front center on all these holiday events and marketing him more. I think Michael Bush, he's a guy who was a first baseman that tried to transition to second base. Is he range enough to play second base with the restricted shift? Maybe he is, maybe he is not. But at the end of the day, he's going to be at best an average defender, right? So I think for me, it's just the opportunity isn't there. And the opportunities that he has gotten, he hasn't made the most of them. But look, I'm not here to judge a player on less than 100 plate appearances. That's ridiculous, okay? Until I see three to 500 plate appearances for Michael Bush, I think it's tough to give an honest assessment. Is the talent there? Absolutely. Is the athleticism? Is the grit? Is the character? Is the intangibles? Are all those things there? Absolutely. This guy's a North Carolina Tar Heel. This guy who played football. I think he played hockey as well. Michael Bush definitely has potential. I'm just letting you know about how he fits in with this organization 
and how, look, he's closer to 30 than he is 25, right? He's going to be the first 50-year-old rookie of the year. He needs an opportunity. You have to trade him. Set Michael Bush free or play him. Great kid. Wish him nothing but the best. We got, uh, did I miss Jay Hay? Rob, Jay had to, had to reschedule, and we're, we have, we're going to have Jason Hayward on the show. Jason Hayward's going to be on the show next Thursday, so be on the lookout for that. We got Wednesday coming on. That'll be next Thursday. Got my guy Jason Hayward. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad to have Hayward back, man. Glad to have him back. We got, uh, if Jock looked more like Hayward... I'm not, I'm not sure, sure what that one's about. A Netflix series? Yeah, absolutely. Give, give, give me the drive to survive. We got uh, Casey Montes, Scott Boris needs a beating with a rubber hose. Dude is a cancer to baseball. Casey Mata. I think Scott Boris, I'm going to try to interview at the winter meetings. Talked to him last year. He does his job the best he's able to do, right? He's elite at his job. He's the most famous sports agent in sports history. And his only job is to get his clients the most money that is humanly possible. And don't get mad at these players making money. If these players are making $500 million, like Otani could potentially be, Mookie 365, Aaron Judge 360, all this money these players are making, the owners are making that much more. The owners are making money hand over fist. And guess what? It's easier to find billionaires that could buy these teams than it is to find a Mike Trout, an Aaron Judge, a Mookie Betts, right? These guys are more rare than these billionaires, these corporations that are owning these franchises. So I say, get your money. These players get paid. They've earned it. That's the reality. No one gets mad at rock stars and musicians that make $50 million a year. No one gets mad at actors that make 40 or $50 million a year. At the end of the day, this is the entertainment business. The reason why these stars get this money is because TV, radio, jersey sales, marketing opportunities, they pay money to go see these players, to see these teams, okay? You can't just take Johnny Come Lately off the street and get a jag, a scab, and put him in a uniform and expect people to come out and watch the sport. No, these players are the asset. So... As you can see, I'm a super pro player on this show. Uh, DMAC, same question as, uh, as uh, Dave Fuller. What was Dave Fuller's question? Oh, here we go. Could you see Josh Hader getting signed to L.A.? So, Dave, go back. I spent an entire segment on Hader and the possibility. Look, this is an organization that has not spent big on relievers, save for Kenley Jansen, $80 million. Joe Kelly, three years, $25 million. That deal was a mixed bag as far as the – net benefits as far as the return on investment of it. So, yeah, Hader is someone who's most likely going to set the all-time record for most money for a reliever. He's going to sign for contract for more than Diaz signed with the Mets. So you can see him at $110-plus million. Hader is someone who still filthy. He's still getting whiffs, still has a very high strikeout rate, not as high as it was when it was almost 50% that one year, and he's not a multi-inning reliever like he was. He's a true one inning closer at this point. He's effective against lefties and righties. Any team could use a closer, but I just don't think they're going to go the hater route. I truly don't because you don't have the starting pitching. And if you go and get a hater and you get, you miss out on Otani, you miss out on Yoshinobu, you miss out on Snell, this team is definitely going to be stuck in neutral next season. So it'd be a nice luxury to have. Let's say Otani was pitching next season. 
and the Dodgers were less likely to say, okay, we need Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We need to go out there and get a Burns or a Cease, right? Maybe if he's going to pitch next season at an elite level, maybe you could open up the possibility of getting an elite reliever, but that's just not the case. You don't need just one frontline starting pitcher. You need two. You might even need three. You might even need to get a trade pitcher, a Burns, a Cease, a Glasnow, and a free agent, a Montgomery, a Snell, a Yoshinobu, and that next tier, a Lugo, a Waka, a Giolito. Because look, Bueller, no guarantees he's going to be the guy he was. He's probably going to be on a little bit of a pitch limit, a little bit of a pitch count. Dustin May, no guarantees coming back next season. Clayton Kershaw, no guarantees coming back next season. Bobby Miller, I think he's going to take the next step next year, but no guarantee that he's an ace at this point. He has all the makings to be, but just too many questions right now to not go out there and be aggressive when it comes to acquiring starting pitching to put those funds in a Josh Hader. So personally, I just don't think that's going to be the case. We got Otani to Cubs. Smash that like button. We'll smash that like button, but do it for Otani to the Dodgers. DMAC, same question. With a couple more here, guys, and we'll let you guys enjoy your Friday. A little Friday fun show. We got a super chat here. This is from Hulk Smash. Hulk Smash! Hulk smash yo mom. Oh, come on now. I can't believe I read that last part. Get Otani. Okay. Uh, I, should I read it? No. Right? This is a family show. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to proofread it because you paid. Because you paid, I'm just going to read what I can read here. Thinking there's kids watching the show. Get Otani. Blank, blank, blank. Fan base talk a lot about us when their teams can't even shine our ball boys' shoes. So the last part was fire. Hulk smash. You're the man. I appreciate you. But yeah, it does. You know, we don't want to get non-monetized and that stuff, but um, for sure, we got Francisco. What up, my man? We got um, BC. What did BC say? I think we're falling off the rails here, guys. Friday, right? But uh, you got the J fans think Otani can't handle LA and saying Toronto. Eh, I don't. I don't think so. I think for personally, I think that he's gonna be fine wherever he's at. We got. Uh, let's see here. Bring back, okay, no. D-Mac is Daddy Mac. What up, Rihanna Keeves? We got uh, a couple more. Josh here could be, uh, okay. We got 24-hour D-Mac live stream until Otani signs. Yeah, Nando. When it happens, that's going to be historic. I might just go on for 24 hours from then. We got two Mitch Laws, but a couple more here. We got uh, Dustin May would be such a great closer. I think he should be moved there. Phillips and May would be the new game over. Fierce. That's what I said a few days ago. I said the question in the chat was, should the Dodgers move on from Dustin May? Should they trade Dustin May? And I said, look, until we see him fail at every pitching level, whether it be as a starter, a multi-inning reliever, a closer, his talent is too good to move off of, okay? Dustin Media, stuff moves more than military family. This guy is the Red Nightmare, as Jay Hare likes to call him. So I'm absolutely on board with your take right there. I think he'd be electric as a slow, as a closer. Also think too, you could change his pitch mix and change his style where you could see a little more swing and miss, right? I mean, he's a guy that can fill the zone, gets ground ball outs, can pitch to contact. But we saw before he had the first Tommy John in 2021, the strikeout rate was way up. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much to Bob Nightingale, USA Today MLB Insider, if you want to rewind, watch the start of that. I think the audio was off. We'll edit that out, but definitely go watch that. Bob Nightingale gave some nice nuggets 
as far as the Dodgers plan this offseason. But thank you so much, guys. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Think blue, bleed blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 